This is the John Oliver Podcast. Our goal is to help you think outside of the box or motivate you to pursue your goals. Hey, my name is John Oliver and welcome to the John Oliver Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my producer and son, Eli. Hey bud, how was school today? Pretty good. Trying to improve the grades, but it's going good. Hitting that goal, hopefully, by the end of the school year. Uh, a good conversation can start with a good question. Ours is, what are you doing with the rest of your precious life? Um, this question brings us to the current series on relationships. And this episode is titled, Transitioning Out of the Drama Triangle. So, last episode we talked about the dra- drama triangle and the uh, the, f- the three um, tiers to that. But each and every uh, segment and episode, we hope that it inspires you to at least think outside of the box, think about your own life, and maybe push yourself to take action. So, the drama triangle, recap a little bit. The drama triangle is a social model of human interaction that was conceived by Stephen Cartman in the 1960s. So, refresher, the, the three sides uh, is victim, persecutor, and rescu- rescuer. So, today, we're going to talk about a little bit on how to get from a victim to a creator, to get out of the, the triangle period, to get out of the victim role, to get out of the persecuted role, and to get out of the rescuer role and become a creator, a challenger, and a coach. Do you constantly complain about life's bumps, or do you see challenging issues as a way to innovate and create new possibilities? So I got the used to have this slogan above my bed and a really nice frame picture of the beach and it said you can either be scared in the storm or learn to dance with a raindrop so it's all in the perspective and that's how this gets started so a victim mentally sucks the life out of the innovative energy and has a excuse for every situation Uh, victims are addicted to the drama triangle and complaining. I mean, I think we all have those people in our lives that we know that are like this. Um, unfortunately, I've got a, a big one in mind. Um, but looking to the positive, yeah, I just do my best and not try to fall victim to that triangle. Um, the creator slash innovator, on the other hand, clarifies what they want and goes after that outcome. Um, not brought down by any situation. They ask themselves, what do I want and what actions are mine to take to create that vision? Um, through tough times, magnifying their view of situations and our, our attention to what is key important to us. For victims, they focus on what they don't want and then they complain about it. Um, problems constantly preoccupy their lives and the fear The loss of control or loss of purpose is what sets them off. That's what they go off on. Creators place their focus on what they want, and then they go after it. So you've heard the idioms out there. Uh, I think everyone's heard these by now, depending on what age you are. I think at any age you've heard them. Keep your eye on the prize, um, your eye on the ball and the baseball. It's no matter what happens to you, you focus on what you want and you go after it. And you don't make excuses for why you don't have it. You just try like, you know, if that's your goal, then try all that you have to achieve your goal. That's what it is. Another idiom is you've heard of the two steps forward and one step back. Well, you're constantly moving forward, even though sometimes you might have to take a step back. But every time there's a setback, you learn. 
and to me that's 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 life that that's the biggest hurdle in life um we like to hear stories about those that have extreme success but every single success story out there is one of try you know failures it's basically what it is <clears throat> no one is successful straight out of the gate first try it's extremely rare and i'd love to meet that person um but they're probably not the most intelligent person in the room. Um, it might have just been lucky if you believe in that sort of thing. Um, I want to meet the person who's who's had four or five businesses that have failed that can come to you with massive amounts of knowledge and experience to know what is right and what's wrong on how to do whatever it is they're doing. A good guy that pops to mind is Dave Ramsey. And if you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, he's in Tennessee you need to Google him. He's a financial genius, but he was, as he'll say, uh, the dumbest guy in the room. Um, he made stupid, stupid moves. Um, he was a millionaire at the age of 24 and lost it all shortly after. Um, but he learned from his mistakes. Um, strong woman behind him, I believe. And now he is extremely successful and his goal is out there helping other people, which I think is amazing and awesome. And um, he's jumped on and that that's his purpose in life that's what uh, god has found in him to do and he's doing it very very well and he's he's grabbing those folks that are around him that are good at it and he's bringing them with him um so he's nowhere near the drama drama triangle and i think he identifies it better than most um of where it is but we all growing up we found ingenious ways to get our needs met and that's how this all this drama triangle starts uh, psychologists in particular, Karen Horney, uh, MD, have identified three broad categories that describe how young children do this. Um, they're simply, we learn to move away from others, uh, we learn to move against others, and then we learn to move towards others. So you can kind of see the, the roles, how they take effect. So the victim role is aligned with moving away, the disengaging, staying aloof, and not taking responsibility for the life. Um, the moving against others is the persecutor role that has um, a need control to be one up and to dominate and win. And then the third is clearly aligns with the rescuer role that moves towards with pleasing and accommodating behavior, seeking approval and affirmation. So let, let's jump into this. So how do we get from a victim to a creator? Um, and this is going to sound pretty stupid maybe um you transition to a creator it's all on you it's your choice it's just a choice um so you have to ask yourself in every situation in every moment before you open your mouth before you act is what's the outcome i want here so it's it focuses focuses what you want and not what you don't want what's the outcome that i want here right now uh, focus on what you want will begin the shift from from the victim to the creator now the conversation has the opportunity to shift from complaints and problems to a clear destination um, when you begin to do this others will ask you to to join in the conversation and share their gifts with them um, this is a powerful shift but no one can make the shift for you it's all on you it's your choice your boss and spouse can point you um, in the way to make suggestions, but you have to do all the heavy lifting. 
the shift, uh, the lens in which you view the world. Um, it's all on you. And it sounds pretty simple, but if you think about those folks, maybe it's not you and you can't, it's hard to look at yourself and there's an inner and external part of you. So if you can learn on the external part, maybe see other people, those complaining, let's take a baby for instance, I'm not picking on babies, but a baby learns at a new age to train its parents when it's bedtime. Uh, mom and dad or guardian or whatever set baby down and belly's full, clean diaper. It's late. Baby's been up for a long time. It's time to go to run. You lay them down. They realize they're not being held anymore. And what do they do? They cry and they'll cry and cry and cry until they either exhaust themselves or they actually realize that no one's coming and you might as well just go to sleep. And that's the hardest thing that I had to learn as a father twice is when you put the baby down, the first times that you can walk away, you got to walk away because if not, you're going to be walking in there all the time and pretty soon you're going to want to go to sleep. So you just learn that behavior and it's your choice on how you see things. Um, I, I, I'd love to, you know, dig into this and, and blow this up, but it's pretty simple. It's all in your viewpoint. Um, and it's, it's hard to, when someone is being, um, a victim, you can't just walk up to them and go, Hey, you're being a victim today. Cause that's not going to work. Um, that's not going to work at all. So you just have to learn to observe it and get out of it and find out what you want in every situation. So moving to the next one. From a persecutor to a challenger, the shift, this shift starts inside yourself because humans have a strong tendency to judge and be critical of others. Most people choose not to be a challenger because they don't want to be viewed as pushy or demanding. Um, here are a few things on the inner self that you can see is, you know, give yourself a break. Life is challenging enough without piling on more self-criticism and judgment. Um, cultivate compassion towards yourself. Understand that you're not going to get it right every time. Um, you don't want to beat yourself up and persecute yourself for not achieving your goal. It's that two steps forward and one back. When you get the one back, you can't, you can't not take the two steps forward just because something bad happened. It's growth and change are not easy. You become more compassionate towards yourself, you will naturally become more compassionate towards others. So when you give yourself a break, it's easier for you to give others a break. Um, and then embracing the learning as a way of life. An attitude of continuous learning seeds the challenger in you to take root. Um, your, your favorite challenger question is, what has this experience come into my life to teach me? You know, you've heard that everything happens for a reason. Um, that's a good approach and you just have to figure out what's learning, you know, what are you learning from it? There's also an external shift from prosecutor challenger. This involves learning to challenge others when, when in the challenger role, you become a catalyst for learning and to do so from the learning intent. A good parent, I think, learns this early on and, um, we've kind of learned this. I remember in, I think it was second grade, I had a teacher um, that would never tell you how to spell a word. Um, so I would ask, hey, uh, how do you spell, I don't know, orange, for example. 
and then he would spell dictionary. So I would write down the D-I-C and then stop and realize he's spelling dictionary, which means, well, if you want to learn how to spell something, go to the dictionary and look it up. And that is because that's that whole, I can teach you how to fish or I can give you a fish. And which one's better for you? That person that wants to teach you on the new processes are the people you want to surround yourself with. Um, they don't want to hoard the information where you always have to become, you know, you always have to come to them for the information. They want to teach you on how to do it. Um, and some people think that, well, if you, if you give them the, that information, then they're never going to want to come back. You know, if it's a, in a business sense, well, that, that's just the opposite. If you teach them how to do it, then they're always going to want to come back to you because you were fair and straight up with them. Um, those that hoard that information and, and you don't know if you're steering them wrong or not, those are the people you need to get away from. Challengers also are willing to stand for a vision and what they believe in, even in the midst of chaos and challenge. So stick to your goals. Stick to what, what you think is right. Um, they're often called truth tellers. Um, we all have this challenger in life. It could be a teacher or a boss or maybe a grandparent. Um, those that give you that rock solid truth, even though you don't want it, or maybe you don't want to hear it. Uh, mine is my dad. He's been my rock. Um, if I go to him and want a straight up answer, he's going to give it to me. Um, but he's, again, he's, he doesn't portray himself as an expert in certain things, um, he's just giving you his opinion on what he wants and what he sees as uh, as an observer. Um, and those are the people you want to surround yourself with. While prosecutors want to control uncertainty, the challengers committed to learning and growth as a continuous process of life, even when the destination is not clear. So you might not know what you want to do, but you have an idea or you just want to do good. Um, just stick to it. You know, you know what's good. It's in the back of your, you know, back of your head. You know, the hair stands up on your, on the back of your neck kind of thing when something goes wrong. Just, you know what it is. Just stick to what it is. So a few suggestions to cultivate being a challenger in a relationship. Um, see the other as a creator. Maybe they're not, but you have to treat them like a creator and then their intent. You can't look negatively at them for what they're doing. Ask what is my intention? If you're doing what you're doing, what's your intent? Um, is your intent to put them down or blame, or is it to build them up and support others? Embrace your own values. Challengers are guided by integrity. People see integrity. It's not written down anywhere, um, but integrity sticks out like a sore thumb in a lot of people. And then cultivate compassion. Again, just like in the internal shift, Having compassion for others that learning and growth is not always fun and easy allows the other to feel supported. So growing together is is some of the best things. Focus on outcomes. While being unattached is how uh, you would do it, again, a creator, they are capable to guide their own learning. Hold them as reasonable and accountable for their choices and actions, including the consequences that result. So step up. Um, don't blame others. Take full credit. Take full blame. Again, two steps forward, one step back. A word of caution here, though. Um, you can never guarantee how others see you. Your intention may be 
to challenge without blame and judgment, but you cannot guarantee others will always see you that way. So at someone sees you as a persecutor, you got to go boom, time out, explain your intent and then back off. No matter what your intentions were, you got to back off. And finally, observe role models that you admire and can help support your shift from persecutor to challenger. So mine would be my dad. Observe how he acts. A big part later in my life is my dad doesn't talk a whole lot. And he doesn't talk a whole lot because he doesn't want to get sucked into the drama. So he doesn't have input to say. Um, sometimes he'll add a little bit and then he backs off because he's he's trying his challenger role. Um, and it doesn't get listened to, so he backs off. Um, so you got to find these people, um, look at them and are they willing to be courageous challengers without blame and judgment? So determining who they are and how might you become more of what you admire in them from rescuer to coach. Now, uh, breaking away from rescue role has got to be the most difficult of the three. Because of the positive social rewards that are built into this, you know, you get, you think you're helping. Um, you may not be able to see your own pattern because you're too close to it. Um, how you're intervening, intervening stops others from learning and growing in their own way. So again, you, you gotta be very delicate on how you're doing this. You can't enable people but you got to coach them up. You got to take it in the aspect of, you know, football, uh, peewee football. Let's do that one. Um, you can't get on the field and play for them. You got to talk them through it and build them up both learning the game and then confidence into doing it themselves and then pushing them to be better and better. It's the same mentality, um, from changing from a rescuer to coach. Um, if you do for others what they can do for themselves, at least eventually, you train people to rely on you, which ultimately dispowers them and creates dependency upon you. And some people do this because they want this. Uh, they want to say, you know, well, in order for you to do this, you, you got to come to me and I got to do it for you, but you got to come to me to let me know. And then they assign blame to you. So you just need to learn um, that it's there and that's a possibility. Here are a few examples of rescuers that can show up. So a boss who delegates a job to their team and then intervenes and does the task anyway so as to not overload the team. So now the boss is getting um, overloaded and, you know, as a person gets overloaded, they might be stressed, they might, you know, not be nice and, you know, that, that type of thing hits. And then the team never progresses and gets any better and no one can show what they can do because the boss is always doing it. A parent who interferes um, in their adult child's life without permission, hoping to prevent their child from any suffering. So a lot of that would be relationships of butting in and telling them who they can't be with and, you know, what they should do and all that. And if it's not um, elicited from their child, then they need to just stay away and be that rock um, that they should have cultivated when they're younger, knowing that the kids can come to them at any time at any age and ask them a question and get their opinion. Um, and an executive can say no um, 
so they can say yes to more projects that the business plan allows, causing the staff to be overloaded and exhausted. So here we got the opposite. We got one boss who does the tasks anyway, so the team doesn't get anything. And then you got one boss who um, can't say no and just loads up the team where no one can flourish and no one can do a great job because they're spread too thin. So, it, you know, it can manifest in different ways. To get unstuck from the rescuer obsession with pleasing, the following steps that will support the coach in you to emerge. Tell the truth to yourself about the desire to increase your self-worth by keeping others happy. He just, that's not going to make you happy by making others happy. It will for a little while, but then you're going to be miserable. Um, let go of your need to control situations. It's not your problem. It's not your concern. And it's not you. But out. You know? Um, coaches are hired. Coaches are employed. Um, coaches can volunteer, but you got to join the team. So if no one is asking for it, then don't elicit it because then you're just judging and then you're going to turn into complaining because blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, rescuers believe that those in the persecutor role try to control situations. The truth is rescuers also justify their controlling behavior under a cloak of, I'm only trying to help. Um, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't give way. You need to butt out. Ask others what they need. You know what their goal is. That's pushing them towards not what they don't want. What do you want? Um, a coach encourages encourages others to clarify and to declare what they want and the baby steps that will take to get there. Deeply listen. Listening is huge. Others will tell you what they want and what they need once you show your ability to listen, especially in when you ask the question of what they need. And as they clarify the situation for themselves, that's really all you have to do there. Sometimes a lot of the time to be a coach is just to listen, and they'll figure it out on their own. Learn to wait. Hold the tension of not knowing as others reflect and gain insight into their needs and how to move forward. This is so hard for rescuers. So, so hard. So me, as my kids are going to be, you know, young adults and growing towards that age, I never snap when there's an argument between the kids. I, I wait. I let cooler heads prevail. Um, and then I come back later and have a conversation. And every good conversation starts with a good question. So I'll ask the question, you know, what did you need uh, back there when this was going on? What were you, what were you trying to get at? What was, what do you want to gain from that? And I kind of try to let them talk their way out of it or into it, depending on what it is. So during this process of becoming a rescuer to a coach, you got to let other others know that you're practicing in this habit, um, so the so the shift won't surprise them in your new behavior. That's kind of crucial and key um, because they might think that you're not going to help them anymore. Or you're not going to tell them what to do. And then they're going to feel, you know, out on an island because maybe you've been in that role for so long and now you're just leaving them out to dry. Well, no, just tell them that you're trying to coach them up and, you know, you, you believe in them and they can, they can handle the situation on their own. So, so we, you know, we talked about the three things. I didn't go into depth about those. Again, 
I'm hoping that I'm inspiring you to think about this and how it changes you for the positive action. Um, you know, what are you doing for the rest of your precious life? I hope that you can, that you're not in the drama triangle. I'm hoping that you think about this. Maybe you had no idea that this even existed. Maybe you have been living your entire life as a victim and you didn't realize it. Maybe you've been living your entire life as a persecutor and you didn't realize it or a rescuer. So I'm just, I'm just hoping that, you know, I get you to think about something. I'm not trying to persuade you to do something. I'm not trying to get you to buy something. I'm just trying to push you to grow. So that's today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to Eli for all that you do. Good luck in school this week. I hope you get those grades up. No problem. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, comment uh, to the, the podcast or on YouTube. And until next time, get a feel for your future.